0: On The Flow podcast is brought to you by Awa, Aotearoa's leading period, postnatal and pee-proof underwear, keeping you supported all day long and available at awaperiodcare.com. Kia ora and welcome to On The Flow, the podcast dedicated to exploring the world's traditions of periods, where we have some bloody deep chats and get you one step closer to reconnecting to your cycle. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On the Flow. It's so good to have you with us, and this feels like it's long overdue. But we have one of our founders finally here to share a bit about herself and her story, and some of the key values that are so important to her that she's made a point to be part of the Awa Foundation and Kaupapa and Ethos, which have underpinned a lot of the decisions that they've made as a business, but on so many other levels as well. And I can't wait to share this quarter with you. We have Miss Kylie on the show today. How
1: are you doing? Kia ora, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be here speaking with you. That's yeah, right. long time no see. <laughs> Well, I think that it can be said about a lot of people at the moment, yeah. unfortunately.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was so excited to have you on the show and hear more about uh, your story and why you decided to start our with Michelle and the different things from your personal life or the parts of you that um, you've brought into this copable, this business as well, including but not limited to sustainability, traceability and supply chains and a bit about period poverty as well, which I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to hearing about.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Should I take it away with a little bit about me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because everyone's so comfortable talking about themselves. I guess starting way back when I was younger, I was always, always wanted to be a social worker. I always wanted to help people and be part of... Helping people make positive changes to their life. I've always believed there's good in everybody and that it's important that we help people be able to draw that out of themselves. So I went off to university and completed a social work degree at Canterbury University before working for, it's Oranga Tamariki now, but it was child, youth, and family. Gosh back in the day that makes me feel quite old but uh, so I specialized in working with young offenders and adolescents with challenging behavior and through my work with the youth and their whanau I really got to see poverty firsthand and with that came period poverty and for a lot of these young people who struggled to have a meal in front of them in the morning or dinner to get off to school not having access to period products was a real issue for them and it it only added to the stress and shame that they experienced in their day-to-day lives which further disengaged them from society and contributed to this divide that we've got within society between the different socioeconomic groups due to access to food and all the necessities and that, and period products. So seeing these young people miss out on school back then because of not having access to something that is not a luxury item, it is it is a essential product, really sort of stuck with me because when you're dealing with the chaos of these people's lives and you're helping them to bring about real change, it's really, really hard to do that if their basic needs aren't met. And I think that that's what we've got to come back to. Basic needs are basic needs and they need to be met in order for people to be able to function. So that was my background, social work, went off overseas, worked in London, doing similar work over there and came back to New Zealand when I was hapu with my oldest child, Sky, who is now just turned 10, not that long ago. And so being a first time mum, I wanted to make all our own homemade baby food. I was, you know, that was really important to me to give my children the best start in life. And I've always been really passionate about sustainability and reducing my footprint on the planet. And even more so when I started having children, I want my children to have the same opportunities that I did growing up, being able to go fishing, collecting shellfish, swimming in an ocean that's actually got more marine life than plastic and it's really really important that the planet that we hand over to our children's generation is in better shape than when we received it because we are really only the guardians of Papatuanuku we don't own it so with all of that when I started feeding my daughter solid food these sucky baby food pouches were out and they were like incredible they were easy to use, you know, there was no mess, no waste, but they were against absolutely everything I stood for. Uh, You know, they were, they were single use. I had no idea how food that, apparently had no additives and preservatives could sit on a shelf unrefrigerated for six months. So it got me thinking, I was like, there must be this pouch out there that's reusable. You anyway, know, I went on this big hunt looking for this pouch that I could put my own homemade baby food in and it really didn't exist. So that's how my first business, Kai Carrier, was born. It uh, was reusable food pouches and packaging to take away from all single use baby food pouches, Ziploc bags plastic food wraps, and when I started that business, having sustainability at the core of the ethos of that, it really, really opened my eyes to how much greenwashing consumers are being fed and sucked into these days, and I really wanted to create a business that actually was sustainable, so that a business that is part of the change and not adding to the problems the planet is facing due to consumer consumption and climate change and those single use plastics. So one day, uh, Michelle called me up and told me, you know, what are you doing? I said, I'm working. Well, you've got to come down here. I've got this idea. So I said, like right now, she's like, yes, right now, you've got to come right. So of course, I dropped everything, raced down to the cafe. And I said, well, what is it? She said, I've discovered these period underwear you know and I my ears tweaked I hadn't actually heard of them before then and I was like you mean there's something better than a moon cup that I could be using and that is sustainable and fits within my ethos and she's like yeah should we do it together should we start a business <laughs> I said absolutely it really was a no-brainer because I saw what an incredible businesswoman Michelle was with her other business. And, um, yeah, I wanted to be part of another journey of creating something new and revolutionary and something that fitted in with having two daughters myself and how I could give them a reusable and a sustainable period product for when they first got their ikera
0: Oh, it was so cool. And it was just as easy as that, going to the cafe, here's an idea, let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's sort of how we roll. <laughs> we don't do anything. <laughs> we don't do anything slowly. That's where it started. And then obviously there was months of research into finding suppliers, researching the fabrics and the technologies and coming up with our core ethos for the business and joining together what was important to both of us individually and interweaving that into what is now our.
0: So beautiful. And I just wanted to touch on something you mentioned before when you started carrier around greenwashing. Could you just describe, I'm asking for a friend, uh, what that means?
1: <laughs> greenwashing is companies that claim things like we're sustainable, we're eco-friendly, we're low-fat, you know, we're a healthy snack option. But all of these things, if you actually dive a little bit deeper and look at the, for food, for example, look at the ingredients of it. Sure, you might be low-fat, but you're full of sugar and preservatives. Or you say that you're eco-friendly but how are you eco-friendly when you're sending out to consumers in a plastic a single-use plastic bag that's not being eco-friendly you say it's sustainable but you're selling something that so cheaply that it breaks in a few months that I have to replace that and as well it's about that whole supply chain that's where we've dug that much deeper is ensuring that our whole supply chain is sustainable, not just that end product because of what it looks like. And when I started to dive a bit deeper into that, it really, I guess, really irked me and really upset me because marketing is so powerful and consumers believe what they are told is such a discredit to the companies who are trying to do the right thing and actually be sustainable and have this traceable supply chain. And there are a lot of companies out there who claim those things but actually aren't.
0: So sneaky. And like you were saying about how powerful marketing is, it's everywhere as well. Like we have our devices that we're on maybe too much <laughs> or uh, your television and other things on the internet where we're just bombarded with the marketing that sometimes it's overwhelming. So if you see a company or a brand and they say that they're sustainable, eco-friendly and all these other things that align with you, it's like, oh, sweet. Why would they lie?
1: You think because they're putting it on their packaging or they're saying it in their marketing that they actually are, but there's nothing to say they have to have the evidence to back that up. What? You you know, people can claim things, but unless... I think, as a consumer or as somebody, you actually go, well where where is your evidence for that? Anybody can use key marketing words, but for us at our, we're not going to claim to be something if we're not. And what we've discovered is with sustainability is it's a journey, the traceability as well, it's a journey. You can't be perfect overnight because those supply chains are huge. And all we're trying to do is be completely transparent with our consumers and with our customers and say, hey, we're doing the best we can, but we're always looking to improve. And we will continue to do that for as long as we're in business, because you can always make little tweaks and changes and there's always going to be new technologies or better ways of better fabrics or more sustainable options. So we'll constantly be doing our research and development so that we're always looking to make those improvements.
0: That's really comforting to hear. And I was wondering, like you mentioned before, there are like sustainability is a buzzword, especially now. It's like, yeah, we're sustainable, but there's no real definition for what that means. And so... In terms of Awa, like what does it mean to you and how have, or what have you learned in the last couple of years and what changes have you made?
1: Gosh, I have learned so much in the last few years in terms of not just around the whole sustainability and supply chains, but such a steep learning curve going from one industry of product to a completely different industry. Like, Ten years ago, if somebody had said to me, hey, Kylie, in ten years' time, you're going to be manufacturing underwear that can absorb a period, I would have been like, yeah, what? (laughs) But, you know, here I am and um, really, really enjoying the learning and everything that comes with it. So what, what have I learned? That sustainability is more than just the end product for us and what people need to focus on is it's actually that whole entire supply chain going all the way back to the fields in which the cotton has been grown. And it's not just about sustainability, it's about that supply chain being ethically and socially responsible as well. What that means is everybody along that supply chain is paid a fair wage, a livable wage, that there's no child labour used, that employment is freely chosen because I think that for us in New Zealand it probably doesn't even come onto our radar about, you know, if we go to work, we're going because we want to. There's We're not forced into it. But in overseas in a lot of countries, people don't get a choice. They're forced into that work. So we're really clear about our supply chain being free from that, that people are choosing to be employed that health and safety guidelines are in place along within all the factories, within the cotton fields, that there's no discrimination, harassment or violence in workplaces. So how do we, based in New Zealand, know that our supply chain is sustainable and socially and ethically responsible For us, Michelle and I were fortunate enough that pre-COVID we were able to go to Sri Lanka and we got to meet with our manufacturers over there. It was the most incredible trip that we did together. So we met all of the people who sew and make our underwear and Saw firsthand the great work conditions that they have and the evidence that they're like a whanau over there because it's quite a small operation. And they were so happy to be there and seeing the clear health and safety guidelines and all of the protocols that they follow, and also all of the additional benefits that they receive in terms of health care and time off. While we were in Sri Lanka as well, we also got to have the opportunity to visit some of the suppliers. So the people who supply the fabric to our manufacturer and also all of the elastics and trims. So again, we were really fortunate to actually firsthand see those great work conditions at the elastics manufacturer. They have lunch. They provide lunch for the staff, which is hundreds every day. So everybody comes together and sits and has a meal break together. They shut down production for an hour to enable that to happen. They organize transport for people to and from workplace to enable them to get there. So we hand on heart know that our operations within Sri Lanka are what we want for our supply chain. We have another manufacturer in China And we were supposed to visit there in March 2020, but COVID prevented that from happening. So to ensure that our China manufacturer is ethical and socially responsible, we've had an independent audit completed by the Business Social Compliance Initiative. So this is an industry-driven movement that aims to monitor and assess workplace standards across the global supply chain. So, it helps companies such as our to effectively monitor our supply chain and to ensure that all suppliers are treating workers ethically and legally. We would really like to get to China and meet the team up there. Um, as and when that will exactly be is unsure, but we see our manufacturers as part of our team, they're not separate. They're not just the people who make our underwear. They're part of that our whanau. Oh, wow. That's so
0: eye-opening as to how many moving parts there are to one piece of underwear. That trip sounds like it was amazing. <laughs> and being able to see the underwear before it's even got to that stage or being sewn together and then the elastic and all those other parts. So much to keep track of.
1: There really is. There are so many parts of production that people don't probably realise or understand because they just see the finished goods.
0: Yeah, and you can, I guess, starting to make sense how you mentioned the greenwashing before as well because there's so many parts. Well, if you make the wrapping look green and eco-friendly, but you can cut corners in all these other places to probably save money would be the main thing at the end of the day. Um, never mind all these other things you're preaching on the other end. It's, just, it's quite scary, actually. So really comforting to hear the measures that you and Michelle and the team and the Fano at Awa are going to to ensure that it is an actually literally sustainable product
1: it is it's extremely important to us to be able to make those claims honestly and say this is who we are and we're not afraid to show you our supply chain we're not afraid to name who our suppliers are we're various parts of the underwear production, whether it's the elastics or the cotton or the recycled nylon that we use, here here it is for you to see so that you can see what our footprint is. And Mm. by us being transparent around that, it also gives us the opportunity to be reviewing it and thinking, well, the goal is to have a really what I'd call a vertical supply chain so we have it all happening in as close proximity to each other so that we can reduce that footprint of having the raw cottons going going to the ginning factory going to the spinning factory going to the dyeing mill because all of that adds to our footprint and our goal is to reduce our footprint oh that's i'm learning so
0: much thank you (laughs) (laughs) um but i was wondering if there was a way that consumers could probably without doing a whole bunch of research, even though we probably should (laughs) around who we're purchasing from or what brands we're essentially supporting. Is there a type of badge or group or certification that companies who are actually putting in the mahi and making a point to be, more sustainable, and have less of a negative impact or maybe progress in that area?
1: It sure does. There is a globally recognised certification called B Corp. You may or may not have heard of it. So this is awarded to businesses who show a verified commitment to social and environmental performance. To become B Corp certified, it's quite a lengthy process, and the assessment evaluates how our company's operations and business model impact our community, our workers, the environment, and also our customers. So it looks at everything from our supply chain, the raw materials used, through to the benefits that we provide for our employees, and also our charitable giving so for our to become B Corp certified we have to provide evidence to back up all of our claims. So again it's a fully transparent process and we're we're held accountable to improve on our performance to remain certified. You get reassessed I think it's every 3 years. So at the moment we've submitted our application to become B Corp certified. And we're waiting for the audit of that assessment, which we're going to hope hoping is going to happen in early 2022. I am so excited about this. I've been working really, really hard behind the scenes to make this happen in terms of putting together all of the documentation and making those improvements that you could see straight away we could do because they ask so many questions. And you go, actually, that's a real simple change I could make right now. And it's going to have a positive impact. So it's been really helpful for us to, again, make improvements to AWA because that's what it's about. It's about constantly working to improve ourselves. What B Corp then does is it it proves that we're doing what we say we are doing, that we are purpose, not profit driven, and that we generally care about the impact that our business has on the environment, our workers, our supply chain and our community, that we can be part of real change by reducing inequalities, eradicating period poverty, changing the narrative around periods, and significantly reducing the number of single-use pads and tampons ending up in landfills. So being able to have this as part of the journey and then get recognised for it, it makes my job so fun and makes getting up in the morning knowing like, what have I got to do today? I would not be wanting to do anything else than what I'm doing right now. I love my day job. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to stick to it. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, as I said, we are waiting for the audit to go through, but I've spoken with B Consultants and pretty confident that we will get that B Corp certification. So just watch this space because we will be shouting that from the rooftops when we achieve that because it's massive. Oh, so massive. And I'm sure the
0: extended awa (laughs) will be eagerly waiting that news as well, especially like even, I've mentioned it a couple of times already, hearing about greenwashing and how businesses are making claims to be something they're not and this big Push to be more sustainable and have less of that negative impact or to cut that footprint down as much as possible while still creating a quality product and servicing our communities in the way that you do. Is, um, I'm invested, so I'll be <laughs> keeping tabs on this as well. And you're also finalists in the Sustainable Business Awards for social impact. Is that correct?
1: That's right. The awards winners is due to be announced this month on the 25th of November. Our is a finalist in the social impact category. This category is for organisations committed to improving lives through the day-to-day business practice and social good is integrated throughout all areas of the business. So how our fits into the social impact category is in a number of ways. It's through our commitment to eradicating period poverty in New Zealand, reducing the amount of single waste ending up in our landfills. We offset our emissions. That's something else we need to talk about as a way that we are showing our traceability and sustainability. It is through being a living wage accredited business and also through te ao Māori and re-indigenising people and decolonizing periods And changing that narrative oh, And you're doing so
0: much And I feel so honoured to be part of that In some way as well With uh, the podcast And the different conversations That we get to have um, With manuhiri And oh, that sounds so exciting So end of the month
1: End of the month You've mm. been part of this journey <laughs> us Since the start, Hannah Those first... Um, <laughs> Photo shoots when we were all, Michelle and I were still modelling in our underwear. (laughs) Yeah, what a journey. It
0: feels like so much has happened in this short period of time.
1: Well, it has. It really has. When we think back to this time three years ago, our Kickstarter campaign had just finished and we had achieved three times what we set out to achieve and we're going, how are we going to fulfill all these orders? Yeah. Oh, and it's been so cool
0: to to watch and to be part of it or to weave into it and to see where our is now and how much of you and Michelle. And the values you have in your personal lives with re-indigenizing and decolonizing Ikura and periods and the empowerment that comes from that, and then the sustainability and commitment to an ethical supply chain, like to see you in our has been really beautiful to see that evolve and just become more and more prevalent in. What you're doing is really inspiring. So I just want to be here to you as well for that. And it makes me wonder, what's
1: next for our <laughs> We have got so many exciting releases planned for 2022. We're just in the planning stages of them all now, but they're going to be amazing And we've got an incredible team around us now in terms of designers and pattern makers who have such a wealth of knowledge and experience. And we can't wait to bring these to you. On the other side as well, it's again ensuring that we are using the most sustainable raw materials. So constantly looking to improve that in the Underwear that we've just released in the last few months, we've gone from just using normal nylon to a recycled nylon. So that's been really important as well as those little tweaks. How can we reduce the amount of new materials? Because it's not actually just about the materials. It's actually about all the emissions that come with the production of that that I think people don't see. The UN Climate Change Conference is on at the moment in Scotland with all of the world leaders talking about how we're going to reduce greenhouse gases and reduce emissions globally, country to country. And AWA is doing our part for that as a business leading the way, I feel, because we are a climate positive business, which means that we've offset over 120% of all of our emissions for our business operations. Every year we measure our carbon footprint from the raw materials making it way to our manufacturers, the amount of power that is used during the manufacturing process, then all the fuels used by our company vehicles within New Zealand, flights, accommodation, both local and international when we can, the freight associated with getting the underwear from our manufacturers to New Zealand, and then also getting the underwear from our warehouse all the way to our customers' doors. So we measure all of that, offset that through a New Zealand company called ECOS and the carbon credits that we purchase go back into restoring indigenous rainforests within Southland. So we're putting back into New Zealand to help restore that. So every year we measure that footprint and then we set carbon reduction goals for our as a business that we set to achieve in the next financial year. And this is really important to us because as we're growing, We're obviously producing more emissions, but we're trying to keep that to a minimum. And some of the simple ways that we can reduce our emissions as a company is by choosing sea freight over air freight is a real simple one. And what I spoke about a bit before about that vertical supply chain, ensuring that The producers of the cotton, the yarn, the dyeing mill manufacturers are all as close together as possible so that these fabrics are not having to travel great distances. Oh, so
0: cool. And just on this topic, would you be able to, again, asking for another friend, explain the difference and the benefits between organic cotton and non-organic cotton because it's a, i think uh it's a common material that we see in our clothing is made out of so not just for
1: the underwear our only uses organic cotton in the production of our underwear and we've done that since the very start that was always been really important to us and the reason being is organic cotton is grown using non-genetically modified seeds and farmers are free to choose the seeds that they use on their farms. There's no hazardous pesticides or chemicals used, so it actually makes it a lot safer for the farmers and their whanau. It means that they can grow organic food crops alongside their cotton crops, so they can provide for their families easier. The production of organic cotton requires less water, it actually requires about 91% less water than non-organic cotton, which is huge because about 80% of organic cotton crops are rain-fed and not irrigated. So they're not taking water from local resources. And because of this as well, organic cotton creates about 45% fewer greenhouse gas emissions. This is due to not using nitrous dioxide, releasing fertilizers and pesticides. And also a fun fact, organic cotton is all hand-picked. So this again reduces the emissions that are caused by farm machinery. By hand-picking cotton versus picking it via a machine, it means that the cotton fibers are longer and they remain intact without creating extra offcuts and waste. So this is the reason why organic cotton feels softer than other cottons, simply due to the length of the fibers. Organic cotton farmers also have more control over their own well-being and making decisions about how their land is farmed. So this is really, really important to us, because we want to ensure that everybody along the supply chain has control over their own well-being, is treated fairly. And is able to provide adequately for their whānau. Because for Awa, it's so much more than just the team we have here in New Zealand. It's everybody along that supply chain is part of that Awa whānau because they've all contributed to the underwear that you receive from the courier. And without them, we would not have a successful business. So that is hand on heart why we go down this road of that transparency and that traceability so we can ensure that they are all well looked after.
0: Oh my gosh. That's so wholesome for want of a better word, (laughs) but like I love the underwear. I love putting my hours on. And now even more so hearing about all those extra steps that you're making and taking to ensure that it's the best quality product with the materials that you choose. And then also peace of mind, I think might be the word, um, that every part of the process of the underwear being created has so much intention and I want to say love. Put into it in care, so I've got to just feel so much better now about
1: wearing the our <laughs> underwear. That, that is the goal, really, is for people to feel good wearing them. Not only because they're amazingly super comfy and you don't even have to think that you've got your period, but because of that, exactly, it they know that these have been made free from slave labour. That people who have contributed to the production of them, are all living on a wage that means that they can feed their whanau and live above the poverty line and have a good life. Yeah, oh, that's so cool.
0: Thank you so much for sharing the the behind-the-scenes kōrero about what you're doing to ensure that we get to enjoy these our products. and yeah, just to know that everyone's looked after as well as possible, probably until you find another way to innovate or to serve the whānau that call our home, as well as us, the consumers as well, is really just, I have no words actually. (laughs) Just want to thank you for sharing that, really enlightening as well. And I think we'll be, Booking you in for another Korero uh, next year after the B
1: Corp certification comes through to hear any other updates as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. I love chatting <laughs> with you, Hannah.
0: <laughs> oh, very cool. And just before we wrap up our episode for today, I was wondering if you had any advice for consumers in light of the greenwashing and just to better equip them maybe um, so that if they're wanting to choose products, they know that actually it aligns with the values or that this company's doing what they say they're doing and it's not just a marketing or fancy uh, wrapping paper on the outside. What advice or tips do you have for anyone in terms of um, trying to be more sustainable in that way?
1: I think it's not – Always believe in what you see on face value and taking the time and a little bit of effort to dig a little bit deeper. And whether that's as simple as looking onto that particular business's website and seeing if they've got an about page or see if they talk about being sustainable, whether they've got a sustainability page, whether it's a whole lot more greenwashing and those trend words of eco friendly or whatever, or if they actually provide some evidence about how they are sustainable. And not being afraid to ask questions either. I encourage that that's how we're going to change it. As if people, consumers, customers actually start asking those questions and saying, well, you say that you're sustainable. Please tell me how you are. Or you say this product is made free of slave labor. Where's your evidence for that? Because unless we start asking these questions, people are going to continue to put up this facade and and use that as a marketing ploy to make sales. And that's something that we're trying to change as well. And there's some other really incredible New Zealand businesses doing the same thing. And so it's great to see others on the same journey as us, but there's too many who aren't, and that needs to change.
0: Oh, I love it. Yes, call them out. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Thank you so much, Kylie, for sharing this call. It's been so enlightening for me and empowering as well, knowing that when I wear my Awa underwear, it's not just going to protect me during Uh, when I have my ikura, but also everything else that's gone into it as well, um, provides that peace of mind. So thank you. And really excited to hear um, what's to come next, because you didn't give too you, you were teasing us, you didn't give too much away, but so excited to see how the next three years and 30 years and probably 300 years. Our will continue to evolve and lead in this space as well based on the solid foundation that uh, you and Michelle have created.
1: I'm really, really excited for the journey. There's so much more still to come.
0: Yeah, thank you so much and if any of our listeners have any part uh, like what Kylie said, like we encourage you to ask them of us or of the business um, to ensure that we're on the right track that we need to be. But also, if you're curious to learn about how you can incorporate other things into your life as well, please send those through. Drop any part, any queries into the comment section as well. Or you know how to contact us. <laughs> and we'll make sure that we have those ready for Kylie um, once our becomes B Corp certified and we catch up with her again next year. Kia Hannah. Always a pleasure. Cool. and thank you all for tuning in to this episode of On the Fly.